0: So it's a tale of two, well, price points, because inflation's getting everybody, right? So we're like, we got to take this both ways, but both ways are going to give you a remarkable amount of pleasure. The question is, is the juice worth the squeeze? It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, who's been quoting the coach of the Detroit Lions all day today. Fingers Malloy, what's up?
1: I don't care if you got three toes and one butt cheek. I'm going to kick your butt. I cleaned it up for radio. You didn't have
0: to. You could say ass cheek <laughs> on radio. Can you? Oh, well, I guess we can now. <laughs> we are smoking from La Flor Dominicana, the Reserva Especial Figurado. I will tell you, La Flor does big, big cigars. And they do cigars that Fingers Malloy and I love. And adore. They do cigars that are people are wild about, like the Andalusian Bull, which I think is a touch of an overrated cigar. Always have. But the Airbender, that cigar really brought me into the La Flora family. There's a series of smokes that we have done. The Liguero. The Leggero? That's right. Uh, we've enjoyed that. Big, big smokes. The Reserva. Is a little bit different. This Reserva Especial, the Figurado. It is a six and a half by fifty-two, which means it's six and a half inches long. Tee-hee. always makes fingers Malloy laugh. And fifty-two is the ring gauge, the diameter of the cigar, or how thick it is around. Tee-hee. again with the laughter. This is an Ecuadorian wrapper with. Uh, that's actually Connecticut shade, that it goes into, I believe it's a it Nicaraguan, no, Dominican, duh, in the binder and filler. So you have this Ecuadorian wrapper, Dominican in the binder and filler, and Figueroa is, is about the, the, the shape of the cigar, the Vitola of the cigar. So we gave you the 65 by 52 but what it is is it, it, it's, it's wider at the foot than it is at the cap, almost seems to come to a torpedo, but instead of being the same size, all the way through the cigar it is slightly narrowing throughout so that 52 that is at the foot of the cigar where you are lighting it and then it is building itself in if you stare at it if you look at it we'll get some photos up uh, for you at eatdrinksmokeshow.com so what's happening is you're cutting the, the this at the cap end and it comes to what you would think is a torpedo or a pyramid we did a straight cut on here as opposed to doing a V cut you could do a V cut on this, but since the cigar is already tapering in a little bit, fingers, mm-hmm. we went with the straight cut to keep it as wide as possible for that draw.
1: Yeah, and for, first of all, I'm getting conflicting uh, information when it comes to uh, the binder. I'm getting a Nicaragua binder, uh, depending on where you're seeing things. But uh, with with that uh, cap, uh, one thing I noticed, um, I cut mine a little too shallow, um, so. What what's great about that is at the end of the day, of course, you can you can recut. You cut a little bit more. I cut a little bit. uh, I didn't cut enough off of uh, the cap, and the draw was too tight. So I had to revisit the cut, cut it a little bit deeper, and now I'm getting a nice draw on on this on the stick. Uh, I got to tell you right off the bat, Tony, that pepper is there, that wood is there. There's a little bit of spice that lingers, uh, but it's 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 definitely a stick where I feel like. I could get in trouble if I smoke this too fast.
0: Well, you shouldn't smoke too fast. And that you really do have to fix your problem there. Yeah, uh, This cigar hits. I've had now three of them in the past two weeks. Wow. I, I, won't, I won't lie. I've been waiting. It's
1: been a good two weeks <laughs> for Tony Katz. Yeah. Not
0: not too bad for Daddy in this conversation. <laughs> I am uh, Daddy. What I am enjoying tremendously about this smoke is that it is like like a Perfect blend of flavors. Now, you can argue that maybe these flavors don't work for you. But as as a a blend, as a putting together of these flavors, absolutely, positively terrific how it melds, how it comes uh, uh, together. And what you have is this medium to medium full with an Ecuadorian Connecticut seed wrapper. Again, it's this conversation of Connecticut wrappers being seen as light and being seen as mild. And bland and flavorless, not true. So much work is now going in to this, in into how you 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 better create these, how you better build these cigars, uh, Connecticut cigars. It's, we've we've done a ton of them now. People trying things and creating things, and while you're getting that spice, fingers, while you talked about you know getting a a, a bit of a, of a spice off of that, I never found that spice to be overpowering existing, existing with that bit of, of cedar and that, and that bit of nutty that's moving through tobacco. Mm-hmm. So you get all of the flavors, flavors that I happen to love. You know I'm a guy who loves wood. I do love a nuttiness of my cigar. That, I think, together creates a kind of creaminess as well. I can't say enough good things about, palette wise, for me, how it hits everything in a construction that I enjoy.
1: Yeah. Uh, go ahead, revisiting what you were talking about as far as the Connecticut goes, and people always kind of gravitate toward the mindset that it's it's a very mild cigar. It's, it's, weak.
0: They, they we, gravitate to weak. It's, 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 it's in the head, right? It looks pale, and you're like, oh, I don't know about this. Now, this is not that pale. No, right there. It,
1: it's not. But uh, if I'm going to have a cigar in the morning, I generally you know lean toward a Connecticut. I don't know if I would necessarily start my day with this cigar. Just because there is
0: not a La Flor Dominicana in the lineup that I would start my day with. Yeah, that is punch you in the face cigar.
1: Exactly, and uh, unless you you want to get punched in the face in the morning, uh, to me I want something maybe a little bit more on the on the milder side with my coffee on the back deck. Uh, I don't know if I would start with this, it, it, you know, m- start my day with it. But this is this is delightful.
0: It it, it is now the question, fingers Malloy, is it in your humidor? That's the question. The La Florida Dominicana Reserva Especial Figurado, six and a half by 52, comes in a box of 24. Is it in your humidor at $9.50 a <laughs> stick? The well, answer is yes.
1: Yes. Of course. By the box. Yeah, yes. I, it's, I,
0: it's the most ridiculous, ridiculous price point I have ever seen for this smoke. The only thing that comes close Arturo Fuente makes an 858 Maduro, which happens to be in the humidor here at Blend Bar Cigar. Uh-huh. Daddy like. <laughs> Again, in this conversation, fingers will uh-huh. like, guess who daddy is? <laughs> That's right. I'm Dan daddy. Campbell? <laughs> Dan Campbell, coach of the Detroit Lions, is not daddy. Oh, okay. Um, it just for that price point hits so incredibly well, but I would warn that it may not be the cigar for everybody because it is bigger. Because it does smoke bigger. Because it has those um, real, distinct notes. They are all blending beautifully, but for some people, they may hit too hard. The wood may be too woody. The spice may be too much. That general tobacco may be too strong. I don't think I recommend this to the person starting out with a cigar. The La Flor Dominicana Reserva Especial as a Figurado. Uh, if, If you've been doing this for a while and you're like, you know what, my palate's pretty good, Game on.
1: Well, that's what I was going to say. If you're a seasoned cigar smoker who has uh, that mindset that we were talking about earlier about what a Connecticut is, uh, this this is definitely the, the smoke that you need to try uh, to maybe open your eyes to maybe look at a Connecticut in a, in a whole different way.
0: It really is, absolutely positively something else. I'm a fan. Uh, I'm a fan of the floor, but this cigar is, this cigar is something absolutely. Unique and worth the time. The LaFleur Dominicana Reserva Especial with that Ecuador, Connecticut wrapper. You got to check it out for yourself. Uh, You'll see reviews of this. Find everything at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. So as you know, we have an inflation problem in the United States. What a crappy way to start right
1: here. You know, people in the industry, they call you Johnny Good News.
0: That's what they call me. So, But there were new inflation numbers this week, and I wanted to go over them because they've really been oddly manipulated, and it it never has to be like that. Don't play politics with numbers. Just explain what the numbers are. Inflation was not zero. That's that's (laughs) first and foremost. Uh, It was 8.5%. So it came in under uh, expectations. It was 9.1% in June, And that refers to a year over year, over the trailing 12 months. So 8.5% is still the highest number on record. (laughs) Uh, Incredibly high. But you can argue, hey, take any good news the way you can. Why, however, were people calling it 0%? That's because when you take a look at where it was compared to June, overall, it was flat. It equaled the June number, so it didn't go up from June. So you had people out there saying, wow, inflation was zero in the month of July. That's not it. That's first and and, and foremost. The second thing to note, and many people have noted that gas prices are coming down, fingers, Malloy. Yes. You know, you got the Chevy Volt, and now you're feeling like a fool with gas only at $4 a gallon. (laughs) You're like, was I a sucker? Here's how that works. Because this has a good news, bad news connotation to it. Really important for people to, to, to understand here. When gas prices go down, I'm happier. I don't know about you, but I'm happier. I want gas prices to go down. I, ne- I like you, need gas prices to go down. But gas prices went down because people hit their limit. Inflation is increasing the cost of everything. And there's only so much cash to go around. So when gas got up to like $5 a gallon, people said, nope, I'm done. I'm not driving. That was the breaking point for people. So the demand, because people stopped driving, the demand started pushing down. Supply and demand, Fingers Malloy. in case you didn't know, very real. That's true. That is science. They study this at the Fingers Malloy Institute for Institutes or
1: Institute of Institutes. Institute of Institutes. We got a huge government grant to study this. Uh, but, you know, you're, you're exactly right. And, uh, you know, as, as far as the inflation numbers go, uh, the bar is pretty low. If you're running around saying, oh, we got good news this month that inflation uh, didn't go any higher, uh, it, but it, it's still incredibly high. And the thing is, government is doing what it can to uh, manipulate the numbers because so much of this is political now. Uh, the politics has gotten in the numbers. The, the one uh, number I look to is consumer confidence. And consumer confidence. I'm with you, by the way. I think that's everything. And, and extremely underrated. Yeah, and it, it's. Consumer confidence right now is not high because of gas prices, because of the. You could have government officials running around trying to redefine the, the definition of, uh, of a recession. People are feeling like the economy is in recession right now based on gas prices, based on other economic data that we're seeing. It's getting more and more difficult to, to feed a family, to pay the bills. Uh, so, yeah, okay. According to the numbers, uh, inflation uh, is not, it's not uh, soaring even higher than it has been, but it's still ridiculously high.
0: So in this gas prices conversation, the demand is less so the price goes down. The price going down is good. Why it's going down is bad. So what happened was was the gas price put under the energy sector. Energy costs went down because the price went down. But, for example, food went up to a number like 13%. And so the two numbers balance themselves out. And that's why you got a flat number compared to June. The July number was flat to June. But overall, inflation is still eight and a half percent. So the number looks better, but really shows a serious problem that still exists underneath. And it was just—it was important for us to make sure we were we were engaged properly, so everybody has the the right take of what's happening.
1: Well, and the other thing too is, you're, if you're trying to frame the idea that in, inflation is starting to become under control, you may be setting yourself up for uh, what could be very bad news later in the year because you're, you've been hearing for months now that, that food prices are, are going to go even higher uh, particularly you know with, with meat prices right. um, and it, it, it's you know I, I, I think that everyone as we've discussed earlier with supply chain issues when it comes to Christmas Maybe uh, you should. If you can't afford to buy your Christmas gifts early, you may want to look into that. Because you're sure as
0: hell not gonna be able to afford a vacation. Holy crap!
1: That, do I sound <laughs> angry? I'm so mad. Oh yeah. Okay, you're gonna sidetrack me here. You want a good vacation, Tony, on the cheap? Where well, am I going? You have de- a guest bedroom, do you? Detroit, Michigan. Go buy yourself tickets for those high-flying Detroit Lions uh, on their way to a 10-7 and season. Detroit in December. Oh, chef's kiss. Is that right? Absolutely gorgeous. But the cattle, you talk about beef. Yes.
0: There are reports, uh, the Western producer, producer producer.com, shrinking U.S. cattle herd could lead to sustained high beef prices. This is... This is silly. My kids
1: mm-hmm.
0: came to me and they're like, is this the way it is? They were curious because we talk about things going on. We don't play uh, news in the house 24-7. We don't do any any of that stuff. I appear on cable news. We don't play <laughs> cable news. Uh, I mean, we don't have cable. Uh, but they're like, you talk about it a lot. Like, is this normal? Like, no. No, none of this is normal. Um, outside of the 70s and gas, I don't know no one in my generation has lived through this at all. This is all new. This is not how it should be in a country like ours, but it happens and it's happening and uh, we need we need to be rational about how we fix this. But everybody's noticing. I mean, there's some political players who who want to pretend like like they they don't notice. But you, You can't deny where people are, which is the weirdest thing in the world. We're the ones shopping. We're the ones buying, and we're the ones buying less or having trouble finding things at all to buy. You can't tell us everything's great. That's such a weird, weird, uh, I shouldn't say weird. It is such a rude take,
1: as to be believed. It's insulting because you're seeing a lack of reporting on these issues or a trying to paint a rosy picture of what's going on and meanwhile you've got mothers who are still finding it difficult to get baby formula for their kids
0: it's like that subject went away but not for the moms right (laughs) holy cow it's still a problem
1: and and now we're looking at a situation where we may see beef shortages in in the fall uh and no one is really talking about this uh, on a national level. I mean, we're talking about this on this show and we're referencing uh, a story for, it looks like a a trade site for ranchers. We're we're not seeing this being widely reported and uh, it's going to, if people aren't paying attention, because let's face it, a lot of people have tuned out cable news. They have tuned out news because it's, it's all ugly for the most part. Uh, there's going to be a rude awakening in the fall for a lot of people because this, this isn't being even reported. So uh, let's just uh, look. We, we don't ever say you should go out and hoard, but you should probably just be prepared that this may lead to some shortages. In, preparation in
0: the is different than hoarding. And right. no, I don't believe in, uh, in, 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 in hoarding, but I, I do believe in preparation. I've talked about the fact that we now have in our home a three-month supply. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's what we have. I talked about. I bought a chest freezer, and anytime anything is on sale, we load up. We load up, and that chest freezer is close to full. I'll have it full in the next week. You know, as as I find deals, and we we we've seen this coming. Yes, there's only you know. There's only so much you could talk about
1: before you realize, hey, this is a real life thing. And a lot of people are talking about this in the Cigar Lounge. And we talk about stories that are being talked about in the Cigar Lounge. So we can't ignore it.
0: The La Flor Dominicana Reserva Especial, $9.50 a stick. Fingers Malloy, We're into the second, third. The cigar is terrific. The nutty, the bit of cream, the spice that's there. And we said we were going to do low-end, high-end. So that's uh, the low-end in terms of cost. Great value, though. High-end? How about a little pappy? The legend and the myth of Pappy Van Winkle. Now, never mind that you can learn about Pappy Van Winkle in our book, Let's Go Bourbon, available at Amazon.com. This is not a conversation about the history, the story, the legend of Pappy Van Winkle. This is about whether or not the juice is worth the squeeze, whether or not you should be spending on a secondary market some crazy number like $1,500 a bottle. For this bourbon, let's find out. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker. Fingers Malloy and Fingers, how much do you love your job?
1: I was going to just say uh, right off the bat, if this isn't the best gig in radio, I don't know what is.
0: Uh, it's the best gig in radio right here. We are drinking it, kids, this is is old rip the 10-year rip van winkle the pappy van winkle world we literally have a fan club here we have got guests <laughs> jeff clark of the indiana liquor group is here brian from blend bar cigar is gonna be joining us and Corey johnson the owner of blend bar cigar to talk about how many people ask for this are they prepared for what in the world this thing costs and why people are willing to spend so much on it. This, Fingers Malloy is 53.5% alcohol by volume or 107 proof. Anything over 100 proof gets applause from Fingers Malloy right there. And when you buy this in a store, we're talking $43 a bottle. But when you buy this in a way that you can actually find it, we're talking about... $1,500 a bottle. That's what makes this so crazy. We have had, we were here, we were setting up, we were doing the show, fingers, and people stopped by and were like, whoa, 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 is that, is that rip? Is, is, is that rip? Is that really? And people like amazed, like, how, how much? Offered to buy it right on the table.
1: Right on the table, and people have been asking, where did you get it? Where did you get it? Where did you get it? Actually, three times, like Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. I
0: got this as a gift, and I said, well, I, I got to share it with, with friends. Uh, we, we do it as we do it. Jeff, let me bring this to you. You're an expert. You, you take this on the nose. We always start it neat. Uh, and what do you get on the nose
2: there of the old rip tenure? Well, I'll tell you right away, you don't even have to put it up to your nose. I, I think as, as it was sitting on the table, yeah. the aromatics was just hitting the nose. It's just that powerful. But it is just what I get out of this is just fruit. Just a, I call this a fruit bomb, right? Absolutely fantastic on the nose. Now, fruit can be a couple different things. Fruit can be
0: orchard fruit, can be some dark fruits or stone fruits. Fruit can be like 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 uh like like a bright kind of fruit. Describe the fruit. What is it that you're getting? So
2: I get out of this pappy. I always get kind of a, for lack of a better term, like a fruit cocktail. You know, like a light fruit. Um, okay. Kind of stone fruit, if you will, and it just, it just jumps out of the glass fingers
1: (laughs) Malloy. what are you getting from this i i would agree with him wholeheartedly one thing i'm really not getting off of this is is oak not yet uh it is exactly how jeff described it it is it is like a fruit but it is
0: is sweet right i get i get a bit of vanilla out of there i'm getting a bit of caramel uh out of there and the color on this do you describe this as, as as copper or do you describe this as more of an amber
2: Jeff, Jeff Clark, how do, how do you say, describe the old so, rip ten This here? I, I get a copper ten out of this. You know, as, as I look at it, it's more copper. You can tell it's got some good oak, you know, influence in it. But overall, yeah, just a really nice color. I this is kind of my color right here. Not too dark, not too light, enough to know that it's 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 uh it's been in some wood for a while.
0: And also the viscosity on this sticking to the glass a, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we do it neat and then decide whether or not we're going to bring it to a cube. Fingers Malloy. Are you ready for this? Tony, I've been ready for this
1: all my life.
0: It is the old Rip Van Winkle. 10-year, 53.5% alcohol by volume, 107 proof. Fingers Malloy. What do you know? He's doing the Kentucky Chew, moving it around the mouth. You really want to set those taste buds uh, right. Sometimes take a second sip to see where the flavors
1: are. What do you got, man? It's wonderful. Uh to me it's it's there's a, a cherry there. Uh that that fruit you were talking about is there. I am getting now some oak and vanilla. Uh this does not play yeah, it's what would you say, 114? 107. 107 proof? Not at all. There is a, a slight sting on the tongue. There is a little bit of warmth in the chest, I will admit that. It doesn't usually happen to me. But uh it is, it is delightful, Tony. I think you're going to be I'm ready.
0: From
3: your people
1: happy. at
0: Buffalo Trace, uh, the old Rip Van Winkle, uh, this is the 10-year uh, to your health. To your, to, your, to your health, everybody.
1: He's going in, ladies and gentlemen. He's doing the Kentucky Chew. I'm paying respect by, by calling it the Kentucky Chew. Did you notice that? As opposed to the Memphis Munch. That's right.
0: Oh, that is sweet. There is a slight sting on the tongue. There's no heat. On the throat, there's a uh, or no burn on the throat. Going down, there is a slight heat that exists. Center chest.
1: Um, Are you getting some of that? It's at a oak?
0: touch spicier than I thought it would be. Um, I think that's happening right there. Uh, I, I don't know if that's a cinnamon or a baking spice. I don't know if I'm good enough, uh, but it, it it is such a it is such a sweeter drink than than I thought uh, it, it, it would be. I don't know if I get the fruit that you guys get i think i'm being a little more overwhelmed by the vanilla uh, of the thing the vanilla and the spice uh jeff jeff clark of the indiana liquor group check out uh, his podcast on instagram it is a taste of whiskey uh you can uh check that out there on instagram um this compared to some of the others in the line right uh it's the 12 year it's the 23 i mean people go crazy it's How perfect. do you describe this in comparison to the more aged uh, in, the, in,
2: the, in the Pappy Van Winkle line? So I personally, I kind of feel like this is right in the wheelhouse because the, the, more, the most sought after Weller would be the Weller 107, and then this is just three more years added to it. And again, the, for the real, the true price point, the MSRP, I mean, I really feel like this is the best bourbon on the market for, for what the, the, the price suggests. However, as, as we know, it's, it's hard to get it for MSRP. Uh, I- impossible. Allocated, and uh, I think they, they I, I don't know if they're purposeful to the
0: concept of scarcity, <laughs> right? right? Uh, right. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm not going to be surprised. Uh, e- either way, uh, this is the old Rip Van Winkle 10-year. Uh, and yes, if you can find it at $40, $50 a bottle, you're buying every bottle you humanly possibly can. Absolutely.
1: I'm very hesitant to put it on a cube. I know we have to because it's our job, but I'm enjoying this neat. I may just put a couple of uh, The whole drops bottle
0: of... has to get finished.
1: Oh, well, in that case.
0: This bottle is getting finished today. I am not taking it home. We are here. We've brought in friends. This is happening. This is the kind of great American I am, Fingers Malloy, and the way we treat Eat, Drink, Smoke, Nation. We kill the bottle,
1: baby. That's who we are. I'm getting misty. All As right? you say this, I'm getting misty.
0: At forty three dollars a bottle, is this in your <laughs> liquor cabinet? Fingers veloy? <laughs>
1: uh boy. At forty, I'd consider it. You start 43? getting to forty three. No, of course it's in my liquor cabinet. But like you said, I, I you're not you're not going to find this at a retailer. At fifteen hundred dollars, is it in your liquor cabinet? No, it's not. I, it's, it's wonderful, but I. Jeff, is it in yeah. your liquor
0: cabinet at fifteen hundred dollars? Boy, that's a tough one. No. But coming here and drinking it with us, totally fine? Absolutely. Oh, damn. <laughs> right there. The old Rip Van Winkle, a 10-year. We're going to discuss this popularity and what it is that people ask about it. What is it they know? What is it they think they know? What is it they should know
1: about the whole story of Pappy Van Winkle, Buffalo Trace, everything else? Keep it here. Our new book, Let's Go Bourbon. The bourbon reader you've always needed is now available on Amazon.com and our website EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. Pick up a copy today. So why oh why
0: is everybody so completely obsessed? with Pappy Van Winkle. Why is this like the bourbon of bourbon and bourbons and nothing else matters? Is it the concept of weeded? Is it the concept of marketing? Jeff Clark joins us from the Indianapolis, I should say Indianapolis, in Indianapolis, the Indiana Liquor Group. He's also the A Taste of Whiskey podcast. You can find that on Instagram. And we've got Brian Lerman from Blend Bar Cigar, the mixologist extraordinaire who's having a sip with us. I want to start with you, Brian uh, the amount of people who come in here who come into Blend Bar Cigar in Indianapolis come into bars all over the place and are like uh, do, do, do you have Pappy Van Winkle how often does that get asked
3: oh it's daily
2: <laughs> uh, it's daily uh, first
3: of all good afternoon Tony good to see you guys um, you know it's it, and you always can tell the, the customer when they ask for you guys you guys got any Pappies it's always it's always the plural Pappy is it's, it uh, yeah it's always <laughs> Pappies it's is it always right always Pappies <laughs> Uh, but it, it's, you know, it's it's a question, you know, especially a place like this, we've got a pretty substantial bourbon list. And so people, you know, think if they're going to see it anywhere, it's going to be here. And so it's at least one customer a day, but it's usually I, of all the new all every new customer will ask me. Everyone. Every first time customer will ask me if I have any. Is it
0: because they've had it and they love it or is it because they've heard of it and
3: they have to ask? Oh, it's definitely they haven't had it. it, I think, first of all, people want to sound educated and and people know that this is like a unicorn. And so if they come in, I think it gives them a a sense of, of being and belonging when they come in and ask for the best, you know, the most notable bourbon on the on the shelf. Uh, but it's also, you know, people want a chance to try it, you know. And, you know, the secondary market shows that they'll pay whatever they can to try it. And so.
1: Well, that's my question. We talked about how on the secondary market we're looking at what, up to $1,500 a bottle. If somebody were to walk into, say, Blend Bar Cigar here and you do have it. Roughly, what is someone looking at for a pour?
3: So again, you know, we have the blend pour, which is a larger pour. It's, it's almost, a, almost a true double. Um, you know, we're going to get our juice on the Van Winkle just because we can, and we only get one bottle, So, but we also don't kill it. So we'll pour, you know, the 10-year is roughly, you know, $45 for that double pour when we have it. I'm sorry, say that again? 45 for the double pour for the 10-year. See, that's better than I thought it would be. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I thought he was going to say $90 to $100. Because well, no, it's, so,
0: yes. it's, that, it's that secondary market thing. Yep. This is what we're paying for. It. Yep. How could they not charge a massive amount? But that's not how they're getting it. They're getting it at... At whatever that near MSRP is, so Jeff, when 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 people ask you about, oh, is Pappy Van Winkle really that good? How do you describe the whole history there of of, of Buffalo Trace and 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 Pappy Van Winkle, one of the great names, and and you know uh, who who once said, we can make money on on bourbon every now and then. We might lose money on bourbon, but we're always going to make great bourbon, right? That's paraphrasing the, the quote from Pappy Van Winkle. Um, how do you describe it how do you how do you explain it to people or like or do you have that or have you tried that and what do you think what is what is the reaction you get or well, you give
2: you know the the first reaction I think we all would agree is that when you do try because you hear so much about it and as a bourbon enthusiast and as a as somebody who just enjoys bourbon you almost kind of want to go into it and go it's not going to be as good as it is you almost want you almost are somewhat disappointed to be like, Oh man, that is really good. <laughs> Are, like, do you try and temper people's expectations? I, I, I do because you don't. Because sometimes you go in thinking it's this incredible, life changing experience, and again, it's just bourbon. However, as we all taste it, you know it happens to be fantastic it's bourbon. Terrific. And one of the the stories that I I kind of learned about it is what kind of put bourbon on the market again was back in 1998 when. the pappy van winkle got a 99 out of 100 first time ever at a spears competition well he started uh, julian started to kind of market that and then it started to julian being julian van winkle yeah he took over and then when buffalo trace bought it off of him they got to continue to use his name but it's technically different juice at that point because stitzel weller was producing that and then when Buffalo Trace bought it, it's different fermenters, different stills, different water. So it's technically not the same juice as what it originally was. But when it scored that 99, you know, it got people buzzing. No one's ever had a, a, a whiskey or a bourbon score that high. And at that point, everybody wants it now. Now it's, now it's marketing. Now you go out and market it. They got the chefs on board, got the restaurants on board, and then the momentum went, and then here we are in the, right. the millennium.
3: And when you can control the supply the way they do, the demand jumps,
2: you yeah. know, it's, and it's, you
3: know, I kind of follow your lead on that. When, you know, people ask me if it's worth it, you know, it's one of those, if you're trying to find a monetary value out of a glass, you're gonna be disappointed. But what I do tell people is, you know, I've, I've, been, I've had the luxury of drinking the 23 on several occasions. I can tell you what the weather was like every day. If, <laughs> you know, if, if, if you treat it like an event and you treat it like an experience rather than a glass of whiskey, it's going to be a much more pleasurable thing. And it's going to be much more me- memorable. Amen. The, any, any one of the age uh, expressions of Van Winkle should never be treated as a glass of whiskey. It should be treated as an experience. And it should be valued as an experience. Because it's something that you're not going to be able to do... Ever. You know, unless you're lucky enough to be one of these guys that'll go out and throw around two grand on a bottle of bourbon left and right, it's going to be a once a year, maybe if you're lucky, experience. And if you treat it like that experience, it's just like these cigars that we have that are $100. I mean, you're, you're setting a $100 bill on fire. But if you sit down and you enjoy the experience with friends and have it be a memorable thing, and you're not trying to get your money's worth out of that glass, and you treat it for what it is, it'll be the most remarkable whiskey you've ever had in a glass.
1: Well, I, oh, for most people, fifteen hundred dollars a bottle is out of reach, especially sure. for our audience. But you, you talk about oh, the, don't
3: don't don't disparage
0: the eat drink smoke nation <laughs> audience. These people are flowing in cash. <laughs>
1: But that experience you're talking about, I don't think anyone, uh, well, some could, but for the most part, you can't, $45 a pour to have an experience at like a blend bar cigar with a a, a good cigar. People have no problem going out and spending that on a a dinner, Uh, but $45, I think, is is very reasonable. Tony, I put a couple of uh, drops of cool water. I saw that. And wow, it has changed, and uh, in, in my mind, uh, in a good way. It brought out some of that smoky note that we we, we didn't really talk about. Are you it's,
0: suggesting I move this to a cube? I didn't
1: say a cube, but it took a, a, a that fruit a little bit down, brought out more of that spice and a little bit of a smoky note. That I, it's it's just wonderful, Tony. Did so. it change
3: the mouth feel? One of my favorite things about it is the mouth feel. I it's, didn't really, it's really like notice. Vel- it's velvety. It's so velvety.
1: I guess I focused yeah. more on the notes. I didn't really. The mouthfeel didn't really uh, hit me as it as it changed. But now the, they've it, all
0: done it. Now Brian just pours a little bit in from his melted ice. Um, uh, uh, Jeff dips his finger into his water, and then puts it in like it's Passover, and he's spilling the wine <laughs> for the yeah. for the nine Jews and he Drink, Smoke Nation. I'm here for you. <laughs> Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Um, is 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 that how you like to add the water? If you don't have a
2: dropper, just that little touch to open it up. I do because every little drop of water is actually going to open it up a lot differently. So I always like to do it at a drop at a time because it really does change the, as you say, the mouth feel, the complexity, the notes, the fl- everything. So we will get into what
0: it is they're doing that is different from others. What actually is a weeded bourbon? Because that's. That's what makes Pappy. Pappy, the idea of pulling out the rye and entering in the wheat to get something that's a little more subtle, a little more sweet, a little more uh, approachable, and how that took bourbon by storm, and there are weeded bourbons now everywhere. And really and truly, let's get into some comparison. Is Pappy worth the hunt compared to other weeded bourbons that are on the market That you can easily, easily grab. Brian Lerman of Blend Bar Cigar. Jeff Clark from the Indiana Liquor Group. This right here is old Rip Van Winkle. This is the 10-year Pappy Van Winkle. There's a line of Pappy Van Winkles, guys. You can find them if you can find them. Best of luck. You're going to spend through the freaking nose. It's crazy that the MSRP on this is somewhere between $45 and $65. But if I were to have sold this bottle, Fingers Malloy... $1,500. Fifteen hundred dollars, you and me could have
1: enjoyed a nice steak dinner in Vegas. Here's what we do: we drink the bottle, right? We fill it with crystal Pepsi. I don't think that's and 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 put a little bit of, of diamond. Pretty in there. sure you go to jail. I'm just what? saying.
0: Well, fraud. Is it? I thought this was America. Well, <laughs> oh, you haven't been paying attention. <laughs> Whatever we're happened s- to capitalism? We're we're serious <laughs> about our. <birth. laughs> Fraud is not capitalism. I have to teach these people all the time. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That is Fingers Malloy. It is your food cigar bourbon extravaganza. Sure. I've been drinking so much of the peppy of the old, te- uh, old Rip Van Winkle tenure, I kind of forgot. We're joined by Jeff Clark of the Indiana Liquor Group. You can find his podcast, A Taste of Whiskey, over there at Instagram. And Brian Lerman, he is the mixologist extraordinaire at Blend Bar Cigar in Indianapolis, Indiana. BlendBarCigar.com weeded bourbon if you're describing jeff weeded bourbon to a novice what is it because these are the guys
2: who made it famous absolutely weeded bourbon is basically uh, basically taking the rye or the secondary grain and replacing it with wheat typically it's going to be rye in rare occasions you're going to have a lot more malted barley Mm But in the case of a wheated, wheated bourbon, you're going to have at least 51% corn, and then the secondary is going to be wheat, and potentially malted barley would be that third ingredient. But wheat replaces the rye. And therefore, you're reducing the level of, of, of harder edge spice. Absolutely. Even though, you know, the
0: difference yes. between Midwest, we talk about it all the time, the difference between Midwest spice uh, uh, rise and, and East Coast rise. The difference between something in the Midwest and Whistle for example, <laughs> is, is a night and day uh, I- I- experience. Um, how many people recognize that it is the wheat? That's, that was the cha- the game changer in the concept of, of how a bourbon is made. Of course, a bourbon is 51% corn uh, by law. Uh, but, but how revolutionary was adding the wheat to the process?
2: Well, I think it made it softer. It made it more round. It made it more complex. Uh, because t- as you were saying, rye just had a lot of spice, and a lot of people do not like that rye spice. So when you add that wheat into it, now you start getting more fruits. You get more of that soft notes. You get Little more cream. rounded. You, l- yeah. Absolutely, a lot of cream
3: comes with it. Um, and you know, it's. It, it, and I think that's like you know we're talking about mouthfeel. The wheat definitely affects the mouthfeel. I mean, you get that wheat germ in there, and it gets creamy, and it gets it gets softer all the way around from not only on the taste but on the mouthfeel. Yes.
0: Does does a purist look at that and say? That's not what bourbon is. Bourbon is oak, and bourbon is what what the wood provides uh, the juice. And this is all this is heresy. I say this is this is a travesty. This will not stand. I'm out of order. You're out of order. And then and then everybody goes nuts. Did, I mean, has has there ever been that level of reaction? From that people? would be a
3: weird hill to die on. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's this. You know, they've been. This is such an old product, and you know, and it's they're not the only ones doing it. I mean, you know, old. Fitzgerald's been around forever. That's a wheat, wheat forward bourbon as well. Maker's Mark is a wheat forward bourbon. You know, so it would be really hard to tell Bill Simmons that his whiskey, that his bourbon isn't bourbon, you know, and the same, same with, you know, old Fitzgerald and of course with like... If anybody has anything bad to say about Van Winkle, it's because they couldn't find it. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that's there's there's nothing like legitimately like anybody that has an, it's just spitefulness because it's the it's as good as it gets. They're, they're, it's it's you know whether or not it's your favorite or not, nobody's going to tell you that. Like nobody can honestly say it's not good. Like there's not whether it's 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 on your favorite list or not. There's no way you can say that's not one of the best glasses of whiskey I've ever had. Well, gentlemen,
1: I, well, gentlemen, I kind of want to go back to the experience we're having right now. Uh, I put a couple of drops of cool water. For me, it brought out more of the 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 spice, uh, the, the the smoky note that uh, you know they talk about on the description on the website. I'm curious as to how you all put a couple of drops of cool water um, in your glass. How has it impacted
3: uh, this bourbon on your palate? You know, it's it's easy to say it opened it up um, because it's just like it's just knocked in your head that hey, water opens it up. I think what it does do is, like you said, you do the spice does come a little forward. I lost some of the fruit. I didn't. I, I lost the fruit. Um, I also lost some of the sweetness on the back end, um, which is why I'm not real big into adding water or ice because you know there's a there's a masochistic element to whiskey that you lose that sweetness at 105 or so. And w- once you start drinking stuff that's less than 105 proof. That caramel sweetness on the, on the finish goes away. And it's just because that's part of like when you add the water. Like when you taste something at 95 proof and the same whiskey at, you know, 110, the 110's a lot sweeter. Now it hurts a lot more, but
2: it's a lot sweeter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, amen. Well, well said. Yeah.
3: So the, I,
0: I did not add the, the water. This, this is working for me fantastically. It is old rip, people. Old rip Van Winkle, the 10 year. This weeded. The question was, when someone comes to you and says, do you have old drip? And you're like, no, what's wrong with you? Of course I don't have a, what the, do I have it? If I had it, would I be talking to a schmuck like you? I'd be drinking it with friends and not even that many friends. What do you recommend to them when you can't get them this? Uh. What is the weeded bourbon that you would say, hey, here you go, try this instead? Which Brian, I assume for you here at Blend Bar Cigar, blendbarcigar.com, you have to be able to make that
3: recommendation literally by the hour. Absolutely. Well, so the thing is like, you're, you know, we were talking about larceny and other things and larceny is a great product. And the larceny barrel proof is going to be one of my favorite bottles ever. It's not this. And what you've got to do is you've got to come up with something that's got an age statement, a significant age statement, because that's, you know, there's a lot of weeders out there, but they're all six years old. You know, they're four, they're five years old. So what I compare, and it's, unfortunately it's, Pretty rare too, but the old Fitzgeralds, um, th- those releases are usually the ones that I think have the closest kinship to the Van Winkle. Um, you know, the old elk makes a weeder that's really nice. I think the old elk weeder is a lovely bourbon. But it's again, it's six years, you know, you're not like even at its top end, you're six years old, you're not going to get that 10 year age. And that's where everything comes together in that age. And so, I mean, I, I don't, what do you think, Jeff? Like, where, where are you at
2: with that? I totally agree. I, th- here's the thing. If Van Winkle is so sought after, my big question is why haven't anybody else been able to reproduce that? Because those fruit notes, and I think (laughs) one other thing to add to that is the low barrel entry proof. Now, we really don't know the mash bill, but we do know- What is it going to the barrel at? I'm not- So so we don't, we just know that Pappy Van Winkle goes into the barrel at a much lower barrel entry proof. Weed is a more- Uh, You guys understood what he was saying there. He's talking about when
0: the the juice gets put into the barrel, when the aging starts, that's the entry point. And you're discussing the fact that the proof is growing, not coming down as as you sometimes might get. What water gets added to it, distiller uh, is looking for that mix. You're talking about a growth in the proof, in the strength of the bourbon.
2: Well, I think what they do is when they go into the barrel, they lower the proof, which brings more flavor, and then over the aging process, that you get more water interaction with the barrel. And so what happens is, is that you're going to get much more flavor out of that. And wheat is a much more sensitive grain. So, and what Heaven Hill does is they enter the barrel at 125 proof. You're going to lose some flavor there. Whereas Van Winkle, they're not going into the barrel at 125 proof. They're going in much lower. So you got more flavor. So the question is, why isn't anybody else doing this? Is it, I don't is, have it an yield, is it
3: a yield answer? Like, does that soften your yield? Or I wonder,
2: it's more expensive, right? It's it's definitely yeah. more expensive when you go in at a lower entry proof. Does do, is it's more expensive because you have more, more evaporation? Yeah, m- well, more barrels, so you you have more juice. You're spreading it out across more barrels. So therefore, you're increasing the cost of what it's costing you to store that.
0: I had not considered. You have more barrels
3: in the rick. Absolutely. You have more barrels that need to be aged, more things that can go wrong. More taxes. They, yep. I mean, they, there's tax on every barrel as it's full. That's a crazy consideration. Especially on a 23-year-old bourbon. Think about oh, how yeah. much is lost, and they're paying taxes on a full barrel. After, even at 22 years old, knowing that there's only a quarter of that barrel left, they're paying taxes on a full barrel. That's crazy. It is the Old Rip Van Winkle. I can't even say it right. I'm so
0: excited. The (laughs) 10-year. Half the bottle's gone, gentlemen. We have serious work to do. Jeff Clark of the Indiana Liquor Group, a Taste of Whiskey podcast on Instagram. Brian Lerman uh, joining us from Blend Bar Cigar in Indianapolis. Everybody's touching up their cigars paired with the Old Rip Van Winkle 10-year Bourbon, Pappy Van Winkle is what we're talking about. It's joined by Brian Lerman of Blend Bar Cigar, the mixologist extraordinaire, blendbarcigar.com, and Jeff Clark from the Indiana Liquor Group. Uh, They've got liquor stores all across uh, Indiana. He does the tastings for them, reviews for them. A Taste of Whiskey podcast, which you can find uh, right there on Instagram. Uh, I I, I had discussed during, during the break uh, the, the, the renaissance of, of, of bourbon. And, you know, these things come in waves. They talk about cigars every 25 years. You've heard the, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Drew Newman of JC Newman discuss the fact that there is this renaissance that comes of uh, cigars. Fingers Malloy and I are smoking the La Flora Dominicana Reserva Especial, uh, the Figurado which you can find for about $9.50, $10 a stick. I, I've got Brian uh, smoking from Placencia the Alma del Campo, which is an absolutely wonderful cigar. And Jeff Clark went with a classic, literally the Avo Classic. You can never, ever go wrong uh, with that uh, With uh, that Toro, I believe it is. Uh, and that you can find for about $12.50 a stick. The Placencia, somewhere between $12 and $16, is where you're going to find the Alma Del Campo, which is my favorite of all of them. It's the so Del good. Campo it's so great. It is, is spectacular. Um, I stopped drinking scotch with a cigar because I could not make it work. It was too much smoke on smoke, and I'm there for the cigar. I don't want to compete. I don't feel I'm competing here with the bourbon, and I never feel I'm competing with a rye. I happen to be a rye guy, Mm -hmm. more more than anything else. Is it heresy to be pairing a a bottle of bourbon, which on the secondary market you're gonna get $1,500? I could've sold this bottle for $1,500. Is it heresy, Brian? To pair this with a cigar? God no. <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah.
3: I mean it's you know it's it's a complimentary uh, it's a complimentary thing you know a lot of a lot of times pairings are compare and contrast and you know beer and wine you people go back and forth with like contrasting with food cigars complement whiskey and you know I'm with you on the Scotch but there are people out there that are steadfast on Scotch oh, scotch oh absolutely is, Scotch is it's just and has, do your thing you yeah, be you live your yeah, life absolutely it just has too much flavor for me. Um, and, it's, and it's too much flavor that's not what I... I like the sweetness of bourbon, and, and scotch just doesn't have that. that you know, it, but by all means, you know, they, they've been doing the scotch pairings a lot longer than they have the bur- bourbon pairings. <laughs> so so
0: when, when we take a, 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 a look at basically this renaissance, and for all we've talked about COVID, and, and Fingers Maloney and I did the show throughout COVID, the explosion in bourbon sales, the explosion in, in higher-end tequilas, sipping tequilas, the reposados and, mm. and, and the añejos has been amazing. People learning to, to pair rum with cigars has been, I think, one of the great revelations and I think has the most trajectory uh, for, for, for growth. How long can this last, Jeff? You're around this, you're around the distillers, How long can the bourbon explosion last considering, you know, we're talking about the age here, 10 years, and that's the lowest of the ages for the pappy. You can't rush this stuff. 10 years is 10 years. No matter matter how many computers are running, no matter how how good your ethernet connection is, you cannot rush this thing. How long can this last? How long can the
2: industry service the populace that's desperate for the juice? Well, that's that is a good question because we've been trying to figure that out for a long time. We thought, you know, back in 2010, everybody was saying this is this is done, and you know everybody's going to be able to find Pappy on the shelf by 2015. You know, 2015 came along and it got bigger. And I remember going to lotteries. Okay, I went to to these lotteries where basically a lottery is you you want Pappy, you come here, you draw, take it out. 75 people show up. 2019 or before COVID, actually, 200 people show up for maybe five bottles of Pappy. And you're just like, wait a minute, this is going the wrong direction. We went right. from 75 people in 2015, now we're up to 200 people in 2018. I think as long as we still have that list of people that haven't tried it,
3: and that list of people that haven't had it is a lot bigger than the list of people that have. Amen. The, like, the, that supply is still not meeting the demand yet. We're drinking it right now, fingers. And, and while I've
0: had other pappies, this is the first time for Old drip for me. I think it's the first time yes. for Old drip for you. This is excellent.
1: Yes. And I don't think there's a question that's excellent. M- what is uh, going through my mind right now is I'm wondering if my mind is playing tricks on me because the, the build up, the anticipation, the, the buzz about this, I find this is lingering on my palate longer than other bourbons I've ever had before. And oh, I don't sure. It, Absolutely. So this isn't just in, in no, my mind. sure. Okay. No.
0: But I, I think that, you know, when, when you talk about, Brian, you talk about the idea of experience, we discuss this all the time, especially when we're talking about cigars. If a cigar is a two-hour smoke and you don't have two hours to smoke it, do not smoke that cigar. That's an insanely ridiculous thing to do. Do not do it. You have to have the time. And, and and with this bourbon, and we, we say this with all bourbons, we say this with everything, you have to give yourself the time to enjoy it. This is not White cloth.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can't believe I actually had to explain that to anybody. But, you know, uh, sometimes it's the basics. You need the time uh, uh, for uh, th- this bourbon. You need the time to be able to experience what it's delivering to. You talk about lingering uh, uh, on the tongue. What is the flavor you're getting now? You're having the cigar. You're smoking the La Flor Dominicana, Reserva Especial, the Figurado. What flavors are
1: are coming to you? That fruit has diminished. The, the you also sp- added some water. Yeah, I added some water. The spice is picked up, Then there's the smoky note that uh, I, I brought up earlier. Uh, if you are someone that uh, isn't into a, a fruity bourbon, uh, I definitely— you, you got to try this either way, yeah. right? But uh, maybe a couple of drops of cool water— will uh be more friendly to your palate uh this is wonderful and i especially if you could find it at a, at a, for a poor 40 50 dollars you got to try it talk to me about
0: trends brian you're behind the bar a blend bar cigar indianapolis indiana is the trend still bourbon scotch or are people going that tequila rum route are they going you you're the guy who mastered the old fashioned, uh or, or right here people actually travel here when you're here to get one of your old fashions um
3: you wouldn't make an old-fashioned with this, would you? I would argue. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right? I, I would argue, but ultimately, if somebody wants to, hey, enjoy it the way you want. You know? <clears throat> I'm not here to judge. I am. <clears throat> I am oh, totally absolutely. here to judge. Well, I ju- <laughs> judge. i Judge like a mother. I judge from afar. Um, <laughs> but no, it's, you know, I think the the high end tequila market is seeing the biggest pop. Uh, we've always had a good rum market here, you know, like like your old adage: if it grows together, it goes together. Right, and, and rum and cigar just they've always worked here. The tequila cocktail, like using the tequila trend on the old school cocktails, like tequila old fashions are really big, especially, really, especially in Yeho old fashions are that's a real big thing. I'm in love with uh, a reposado uh, sazerac. Sazerac just plays in her. Not Sazerac Ride, the right, actual the drink out of Louisiana. Yeah, the cocktail, a, a tequila Sazerac is bright and it's floral. And Give it's me the big. ingredients. Go. So you know you're gonna have an absinthe wash glass. What I love to use is, a and nice not everybody wash. has absinthe at home, so right. it's okay to go without it, but right. it's just not well, traditional. It's the key. It's the key. So, uh, but um, it, otherwise, you use a nice um, Pichard bitter. With whatever spirit you're going to use, you swirl it, and that and that gets a lemon twist. We like to pour it over a Big Rock here, which isn't traditional, but we've got these beautiful Big Rocks, and you're going to smoke a two-hour cigar. Let's keep your keep your drink cold. Uh, but yeah, a nice Repo with that, with the Absinthe and the Repo with the lemon twist just work together really well. Fun. It's beautiful. That was a fun drink. Jeff Clark, Indiana Liquor Group, a Taste
0: of Whiskey podcast, which you can find on Instagram, appreciate you taking the time, man, uh, to be Thank with you us. So much. And Brian Lerman, uh, you blend uh, in Indianapolis, Indiana, blendbarcigar.com. Ask for Brian uh, by name, and uh, he'll he'll make you uh, one of those, or he'll pour you some pappy from his secret stash that he has behind the bar <laughs> oh, just... for people who use code word avocado.
3: <laughs> if you use code word avocado. Just tell me it, you're a friend of Tony's. I've got it. Fingers sent me. That's all you got to say.
0: <laughs> fingers sent me oh, right there. Then you'll get the white claw. Uh, <laughs> Fingers Malloy, this is our job. Yes, We do this for a living. <laughs> is this?
1: I, 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 again, I'm getting misty. <laughs> Are you tearing up? I'm getting misty.
0: Right there. Uh, the, the cigar, by the way, at 950, uh, the La Florida Minicana Reserva Special. I'm telling you, this is a box. This is a box. It's in my humidor. It's terrific. It, it, it goes without question. And the old rip, 10-year. This was special. And uh, this was a special occasion. Glad I got to do it with you guys. Really appreciate being here.
1: Uh, find everything at EatDrinksmokeshow.com. Take care. Follow Eat Drink Smoke on social media, on Twitter at go eat drink smoke. On Facebook, Facebook.com slash eat drink smoke. And Instagram at EatDrinkSmokePodcast. Smoke Podcast.